How you doing, everyone? Welcome back to Broadcast. My name is Billy Kirkwood. I am your host, taking you through this podcast put on by the sexy motherfuckers at Broadbeard Oils for free each and every week. And the way this podcast works is, is we get to talk about not only some of our brothers and sisters from the brotherhood, the bearded universe, but we also get to talk to, to them about alternative lifestyles, where they're from, their journeys through life, and we get to talk to other weird and wonderful people from all around the world on the show if you're tuning in for the first time go and check out the archive we've spoken to mma fighters we have spoken to musicians actors comedians writers painters so much more loads of amazing wonderful individuals and this month we're doing something very special for the first time ever we're actually doing wrestling month for november so what we're going to be doing is we're getting going to be getting people on from either the UK international wrestling scene and we're kicking this week's off with an absolute belter but before we get to that do me a favor wherever you're listening to this podcast there's a couple of things you can do if it's your first time hit that subscribe button head over to YouTube we can also check out some of the other totally free content that John at Broadbeard Oils is putting on. You can check out this podcast, the video version of it, or you can check out vlogs, how-to videos, and so much more. Absolutely free. Cost you nothing. Head over and do that. And if you're listening to this in its audio form, which comes out every Monday, do me a favor, put a rating on there, put a review on there. Let us know what you think of the show. It helps push us up those numbers and helps get it out to more and more people all over the place. And Tell you what, why don't you check out some of the amazing products that are over at Broadbeard Oils over at the website? They've got oils, waxes, amazing merchandise. You can get yourself hats, t shirts, neck gaiters. I got an amazing brush for my beard, which I have subsequently lost, but I will find it, John. I promise. Loads of amazing stuff over there. Get it for the bearded motherfucker in your life, or just get it because I got to see them. The t-shirts, the vests, the hoodies, they all look amazingly cool. So head over there and check that out. Okay, this episode, we are going to be catching up with, well, formerly known in WWE or WWE NXT as Killian Dane, but many of you will know him as Big Demo. Damian Mackey, we're going to get a chance to sit down and chat with him about his career. He obviously left the WWE in the summer as Killian Dane after one hell of a run there that included him going to the bright lights of WrestleMania, being a part of Sanity as part of War Games. Listen, go and check that out versus the Undisputed Era. It's an amazing match and so much more. I have to say, I have known Demo for a long, long time. Uh, we worked together in ICW. We'd known him even a little bit before that. Um, it was great to catch up with him. In fact, almost too great to catch up with him because what we did was we ended up chatting for about 40 minutes before we even started pressing record. We could have done three hours on this, but we've got you an hour. Him chatting about what it was like leaving WWE, what his plans were next, a little bit of insight about what it's been like working inside the internal workings of some of his time in WWE and uh, even life in America, which is just wild to think about that. Uh, he also talks about his exciting return to the European wrestling scene as one of the premier super heavyweights in the world and that's what we're getting a real insight into not only the man who is probably one of the most surprisingly genial terrifying people you will ever meet in your life because when you see him in that ring it is full blunt force trauma so ladies and gentlemen let's dive in we don't waste any time we go straight into a chat about his leaving wwe in the summer no messing about. There's some there's some emotional stuff in there. There's some hard-hitting stuff in there. I think whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you're gonna find this really interesting. So I can't do I can't do honor to when Simon Cassidy does his intro at ICW. And I'm sure there's plenty of other brilliant ring announcers. In fact, I'm pretty sure while we're recording this, Demo's already wrestling in England and he's already been wrestling over for our pals OTT in Ireland. And he's going to be a part of a huge match against Andy Wilde in Sane Championship Wrestling's Fear and Loathing, which is going to be in the 21st and 20... Uh, sorry, beg your pardon. 20th and 21st of November. You can get your tickets for that in Sane Wrestling. That's going to be... A show stealer, trust me. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in a long time, would you please welcome the Beast of Belfast, the Hound of Ulster, the Master of Kilhallen's Fury? Please give it up for Big Demo, Billy. I haven't heard that in a long time. That's going to be 
Simon's buzzing. He doesn't he saying it, but I know for a fact he's oh. buzzing for your intro. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I love Simon's intro. Like he, he he used to give me goosebumps um when we were doing it. So I'm really excited for uh, for doing this all over again. A hundred percent. I think it's going to be cool. We'll, we'll, uh, I mean, we'll have to talk about what what how, your excitement about coming back and what have you. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'd say, I'd, without talking about it, without before we actually get into the podcast, how are you feeling about all this sort of next chapter? How are you feeling about it? Honestly, so like there was, you, you can you can keep this stuff in anyway. Like, um, yeah, I I think honestly for for me, um, at first you know there's there's this trepidation because you know. <sighs> As as much as you can expect, you know, your name to come at any time yeah. when it comes to these releases, whatever else, right? Um, I was definitely more prepared for it the year before because I just, you know, I wasn't doing an awful lot on TV. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I was actively like kind of kind of ready and everything, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the next step. And, and funny, I was part of a group of guys who, who you know, we're on a, like a, a WhatsApp group or whatever it is. And like a lot, you know, funny none of us get cut, but we, we all kind of expected we, we could get cut. So, you know, you're, you're comparing notes about, you know, how we go about the next steps and, you know, my name didn't come up and, and, you know, you, you go throughout the, the year and they present you with some funny ideas and, you know, you, you start doing them you're on TV every week, right. And you're like, wow. Okay. So I seem to be doing okay right now. And this is, they seem to be very happy. So I, I wasn't quite expecting it when it came. Um, in fact, I was in, I was in the performance center. I've said this a couple of times. You know, I was in the performance center. I'm held, I'm training um, a little bit for myself uh, with, with one of the catch wrestlers, Hideki Suzuki and, and, and mm-hmm. Tim Thatcher. And then I'm, I'm helping um, train some of the younger lads. Um, who I, I've got on really well with a bunch of lads, but, I, you know, I, I kind of started realizing that, like, with my time, um, I would go in on a, on a Tuesday, no, sorry, on a Wednesday, Thursday with Finley. I had amazing time. Yeah, and on Friday I would try and give up then my time for uh, for some of the younger lads. So that's kind of the, the the routine I'd got myself into, and I was really enjoying um, my life at the time. Um, and then you know you get the news, and you're like, okay, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to leave the building. <laughs> mm. um, but you know, so that first couple of days, you know, there is that obvious trepidation, um, nervousness, whatever else. But then I, I then had an added problem with you know, your my visa will will be they take my visa away whenever my contract expires so right. i then have that to worry about um but thankfully outside of Dudley, um my wife and i had the very good nikki nikki ash and um, we had applied um away from the, the the company on our own backs to, to to get our own green card and but that process can take a long time um, and you can be very unlucky like some of our friends are still waiting and they've been at this process a lot longer than us. Right. So we could have, it could have worked out that I could have had it before my, my release was official, you know, the 90 days. Um, or it could have been a long time after. And I got very lucky that it was only a few weeks after. So that the only problem was I had to turn down a lot of work. Um, when people were contacting you and I had to turn down a lot of stuff. You're, you're hot coming off it. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, I missed, a month, you know, I, I maybe maybe six weeks really of, of potentially getting out there, but I'm I'm still very lucky that I I've been able to organize myself. As soon as I got the news, I was straight on to people who yeah. had got in touch with me, and like you know, Mark Dallas was one one of the first who who actually called me. Um, and it's like you know, it it, it you you never explain how much something means to you until like you know, you, you can really kind of sit down and, and think about it. Um, and like it meant so much that that first of all, you know, he, he was you know commiserating in the, the only the only way that Mark Dallas can, um, and you know then for him you know to say what he says and and, and say listen you know we want to want to use you whatever else you're like oh, okay fuck you know brilliant um, and it, you know it starts from there and and like the lads who the other companies who do get in touch with you and you know some familiar some unfamiliar and then you start. You start realizing, okay, now it's going to happen. The green card's there. Now I can really start like moving on and start thinking about what's next. And I, honestly, I watched a, a video this morning. I, actually, I woke up. And one of the lads, um, Kings of the North, um, had done this video for this OTT match that we're having um, next week. Actually, uh, yeah. on, on on Halloween, and I had goosebumps, man. I was like really pumped, and like I've been getting more and more pumped. I've been working out with a friend of mine, um, and I've been getting uh, getting ring ready um, for this 
for the for, for to get going again really you know to be to be wrestling again and you know your excitement's kind of kind of reaching you know <laughs> uh, fun levels but this um you know this video that i watched this morning really got me going like um i did a promo for um for icw there a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago and like it was it was the first promo i've cut since you know i was cut <laughs> um and <laughs> and uh, honestly it was fun because like you know just trying to to tell a very quick story um and my only goal in the promo was to try and make people want to see the match and it's like that was a challenge in itself because you know we're in an age where you know promos aren't really used that way you know in WWE, yeah they aren't they aren't used to necessarily promote one specific thing you know in the old school I, day they used to be used to talk people into the seats 100 percent, try to talk people into a building so nowadays you know you know it, it's a television show you know when you watch you know aw you watch the it's a television show so a promo isn't really necessarily about a match it could be about everything you know it could be about anything it could even be to waste time you know yeah. there's a lot of reasons why they have they have promos you know um so for me, I, I was around, I want to try and, and do something that make people want to see this match. And like that, that was such a cool challenge for, for myself because I, I was a stoic character who, who never really cut promos. Um, when I was with, uh, was that when I was with Drake Maverick, you know, I was the straight man to, to his nonsense. So, you know, it, it's so interesting that like now, you know, the, 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 the emphasis is going to be on me and, and what I say, what I do and, and, and how I react. And like that, was so exciting because I'm like now I need to to prove myself all over yeah. again and that's from from the ground up in ring, out of the ring, backstage, um you know, <laughs> you know being you know being a part of the locker room, uh, and then on camera with a promo either in ring or or or, or um you know as it was in my spare room in front of a green screen, you know, <laughs> and, and this is the thing it, you know it, it's for me that that's what's so exciting and, and like I'm. I think that the weirdest part of all this is, is like, you know, when you're in WWE, you're in that bubble. We were kind of talking about bubbles uh, outside of when we, before we started the recording. Yeah. And, um, you know, when, when you're in this bubble, like, you know, you, you become like a, a character in, in their player, in their theater. Um, and like, I, I don't think a lot of fans necessarily understand that part of this. You know, it, it's like you, Yes, you have freedoms and stuff like that. You know, you you choose what wrestling moves you do, for example. But yeah, you know, realistic, you have to tell their story inside that three minute window or one minute window, or or when you get lucky, you know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever. Um, and it's a you know, it's a story that they specifically want. Whereas on on the independence and stuff like that, you know, realistically, promoter might say, "You over." And that's it. <laughs> um, so that, and that, uh, what do you want from this? I, I've said this. I, I remember said to a promoter before. Like, what, what do you want from this? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's that's the answer. So, um, no, don't get me wrong. Like, things have probably changed in the last 15, 20 years, whatever. But realistically, I know for a lot of the time, I'm going to go to promoters. What do you want from this? And they'll say, a good match. <laughs> um, and you know, that's the, the exciting part for me, though, is you know, I'm going to try and go and tell stories my way yes. um, and I'm going to try my very best to to help build up my opponents and the, the people around me and I'm very excited because I'm going to be coming up against guys with, with all ranges of talent people who are probably like better than me who just maybe didn't have the opportunity to to really get out there yeah. um, and I'm going to come up to people who you know really need that that, that kick up the arse you know to, to, to get to the next level I've been very blessed I got those kick up the arses at the right times in my career like I met Robbie Brookside in 2011 when I really needed to kick up the arse yeah. I met Drew Galloway in 2014 when I really needed to get over that, that that next step and you know those those two times and like I, I can name another fucking 10 you know at different times over the last those years but like those those two specific people at those at those, those two years really helped get me to that next step at, at different times and i want to try and be that for other people like i'm not expecting to be able to walk in and give everybody like the best advice but i know that if i can help one or two people it can really help the product here because i you, you remember better than anybody billy when drew came back everybody stepped up and, yeah. and suddenly that that show went from being a good show been a potentially great show and yes. like a lot of us really looked at him as as a locker room leader we really looked at him as, as and he, he didn't walk in and say i'm the locker room leader you everything goes through me no it, he led from the front he led from what he did in ring um he led from like looking incredible um 
wrestling incredible, talking incredible. And for a lot of us, like Noah, Mickey, um, the coffees, there were just so many people who, who had determination to, to, to try and reach that next level. And having him there and, and being able to pick his brain and stuff like that really helped a lot of us. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I still be brought in some brilliant people like from all over the world uh, and from Britain as well. Like Rampage Brown, for example, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite wrestlers on the planet. Oh, incredible. And so I, I adore him. So having him available to us is just so important for, for guys like um, who are coming through the scene because you're going to see how good he is. But, you know, that that, that for me is, is, is the role I want to try and play if I can help anybody and um, if I can help, especially take an ICW, you know, for example, if I can help ICW take another step, because I know that you know, it's had to change a lot over COVID and everything mm-hmm. else. And I know the roster's changed so much over the last few years because so many of us went to WWE or, and, and, and all across the world. So this next group of guys and girls maybe just need that little um, spark, you know, to try, yeah. and, try and get over that next level. And like one, one of the things that, you know, I said to Mark Dallas is like one of the problems that we have is we think so regionally, um, in especially in, in Scotland, Ireland, whatever else. I mean, even calling myself the Beast of Belfast is such a regional thing, yeah. but it really worked at the time for me to get, you know, to, to where I wanted to be about the image and, and everything else. So I've got massive thanks to you, Billy Kirk, because you're the one who came up with that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you you take credit for it, but I, I keep putting you over everywhere. I do, <laughs> and I really appreciate that in all the interviews. But I keep randomly getting I'm tagged always like, in interviews. Billy Kirkwood, Billy Kirkwood, Billy Kirkwood. Yeah, whenever I get tagged um, in a random interview, I won't lie straight away. It's like, <laughs> it's oh, day here it comes. It. <laughs> it's all caught up with me now. <laughs> I mean, but but when, honestly, like, but you but you 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 had the idea for for Beast of Belfast, and it, it, it was it was a click that I needed because I was like, yes, that's exactly what I need, because I was you know at that point I just started maybe growing my hair out, yeah, I just you know I'd stopped shaving my, my my body hair and stuff like that, and you called me that, and I was like, that's what I needed at the right time, and it, it's like, that's what I want to try and help people with, like you know, there, there's a lot of people who. Are, incredible I'd, I'd probably get in heat in glasgow for example mm. but how do we get them heat in london how, how do we that's get it. them heat in belgium how do we get them heat like in america you know in japan or whatever else and that's what i'm looking forward to trying to help people with because we need to try and make that show that's on you know on the network for example yeah. it's on the w network how do we get people from alabama to, to give a shit and watch it you know what i mean and it's there. They're already paying for the service. Why are they not watching it? That's so it. You know, th- this is what, you know, I want to try and help a lot of the younger talent with, uh, or even, even the talent who are incredible, better than me, but haven't made it to that next that yeah. step. So I want to see if there's any, anybody I can, I can help, you know, and that's and- exciting. And like with, with uh, OTT, for example, like I'm, I'm going in there with the Kings of the North, this incredible tag team from, from my city who just for whatever reason, haven't, found you know like the uh, haven't been picked up by by anybody and i don't mm. understand why because they're so talented they, they they both look incredible um they they cut this promo for this video that, that I, I saw this morning and it was outrageous i was like that's it gave me goosebumps uh, and if, if it can give me goosebumps and i know how this works i imagine it's given people um you know exciting people all across the world so how do we harness that so i'm looking forward to to, to working with them um, trying to give any any advice that, that has helped me give it to them to, you know hope for the best so um and even then like you know i'm looking forward to to the matches and stuff that's coming up because the, the thing that I, I got into this for was was you know the actual wrestling itself um and I'm, I'm very excited for that part because i've just spent five years working for the top tv company uh, tv wrestling company in the world so i can only be better than i was before i left you know, and the people who I worked with, you know, Shawn Michaels, Fit Finley, Triple H, all these people who, you know, you idolize as a kid, like, I can, I can only be better because yes. I've listened to them and I've worked with them and I've, I've and I've, I've had, had them, you know, specifically give me feedback. So, like, I'm very excited for the next step because I think I'm a better performer than I was. Uh, I think I know I think about this differently than I did. Um, and I think that... Uh, I think I'll be a lot better at understanding what other people are trying to do as well. So, I mean, if it's a case of somebody just wants to get over, okay, that that's cool. You know, if somebody wants to tell a good story, even better, you know, and that that's what we're going to have to try and try and work with. So I'm, I'm so excited. Like, and, and it's like, for, for me, like, you know, all the nervousness with the green card and stuff like that was, was this, it was weighing me down because you you don't have a, a time frame. Yeah. Um, but now that's gone. And like, 
I'm a week away from from going home and and, and starting my first like kind of kind of tour. It's exciting, like you know. And I've spoken to all these companies across the world, like big ones, small ones, and everything in between. And like my my goal for this next few years, well, maybe at least for the next year, uh, is to fall in love with this again. Um, and it's it's been made very easy to fall in love with it again because. Like whether whether it's the promos or the matches that have been announced or, or the, the people who I know I'm going to be working with, like immediately, like you know, the hairs in the, the back of my neck, and there's a lot of them are standing up. You know, I, I had goosebumps this morning. You know, I was overexcited about a promo that I cut the other week. You know, it, yeah. little things here and there, um, and I'm excited. Even even like arguing with promoters has been exciting. So <laughs> like, that's that's the part that I wasn't looking forward to. I honestly, it's actually been a lot of fun <laughs> playing the game so, again. Playing the game again. <laughs> But that's the cool Honestly, thing. I, I, the hustle is the, the funniest part of this. So. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Especially when you see the hustle from the other side. But, that, but that's the cool thing. Everything's kind of evolved for you now. I mean, falling back in love with something. And I hate being one of those guys that equates something. Like, for me, stand-up comedy, when COVID happened, it all, everything shut down. So if you like, think consider that my release from the job that I'd just done for all this time. But the beauty was, is I got the time to fall back in love with it. I got like really I got the time to look at what I was doing and find a way to fall back in love with it and you've done that you've evolved you've sat the learning tree of all these incredible you've always been hungry you've always been a hungry student demo since you trying to say I'm fat Billy yeah. well do you know, like, <laughs> you, you know there was that time you just took a subway sandwich straight out of my <laughs> I didn't have any say in it um, but you've always been hungry in that way and it's and I could see it I could even see it in your face and in your body language how excited you are about this 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 next step and you're talking and unbelievably positive ways that would devastate the regular person. And that's why uh, we're, we're, we're so excited to see you back here in Europe and talking about the talents here in ICW, uh, which I know this isn't a, a, a wrestling podcast, as such, but we're going to talk about wrestling. I'm excited because when we started doing these shows in front of people, I got to fall in love with this this roster again. No, sorry, that'll be my son coming home. Uh, I, uh, um, he's not a dog. He's not a dog. He's a real person. I was going to say, my son just come home. Bark, bark, bark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how he agreed. All right, dog dad Kirkwood here. All right, yeah, play some switch. <laughs> I'm the only dad in the world that'll say that. Get up some switch, mate. It's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> You bet my kids are like the opposite. It's like you play your switch. Oh, I don't want to. I bought a switch. You play it. Um, your switch. That's your punishment. That's your punishment. But we've got a, a hungry young Ross. I'm getting to say to these guys who I got to call commentary with during the COVID times. Um, and some of them had never even wrestled, wrestled a match in front of crowds, which is mad. But actually, saying to them, it's like people are watching this all around the world. Like we've got people watching us in New Zealand. We've got people watching us, you know, I, I, we've got people watching us at the E as well. Let's not muck about. Someone's watching the videotapes. Um, just, just remember that that's what you're playing. This is a big deal and you have to keep learning and you have to keep going because uh, like you say, it needs, it needs to play all around the world. We've got some great guys. I'm excited about you seeing some of our young guys like the Manifesto, ADM, Dylan Thorne, Grant McIver. You'll remember Grant, uh, incredible talent, but what they're doing now is, is just brilliant. And I'm excited to watch you smash them uh, when, you, <laughs> when you come back. I'm excited to watch you smash them. Right, we've got to talk. Here we are uh, in this uh, this brand new world and what have we. Uh, uh, it is so lovely to, to get to see you after all this time, uh, particularly with the new look. We got it. We got to address <laughs> the new look just quickly, just in case anyone's tuned in and they're like, "That's not demo. It's, it is demo. It is demo." Uh, yeah, how are you feeling about the the the, the Chrome Dome? How are you feeling well, about I the can Chrome tell Dome? You, uh, I am uh, much more aerodynamic, so oh, uh, I don't if I was a sprinter, I'd be I'd be doing a lot better job than. <laughs> and no, honestly, like so, this is something I actually pitched to do about four years ago. Um, right. So, listen, I've been this hairy character for so long, right? Yeah. And I loved it. I loved creating this image. You know, you you were a, a huge part of that, Billy, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, for me over. I do appreciate it. It's okay, um, but there was a period where a lot of people started growing their hair and growing their beard out. And, you know, it was called the 1970s demo. If we could just... <laughs> but the seventies came again uh, <laughs> in 2017, 2018. And, you know, I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, I need to start thinking like, because like, I don't want to just be one of 
10 who look like this you know yeah. what I mean so I, I started you know I started thinking whatever and I pitched back then because I, I noticed like listen you know the hair starting to recede like you know I wore it in the middle part and, and it yes. started receding along the middle part so mm. you know you know it was going to come it was going to it was going to happen um and uh so you know I made the decision when when this happened I was like okay the first thing I did was maybe like a day after I, I shaved it off I put it, did like a number four whatever it was and I absolutely hated how it looked. I hated how it looked with the number four. Um, but it was like, I, I don't think, I, I, I think I was being too cowardly about going the full way. Right. Um, but like a week later, I was like, right, all off, full bald, buy a bunch of fucking razors and whatever else. And, uh, and honestly, the, the day that I did it, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And it was exactly the image that I wanted to put forward. Um, and it's so funny because how much I hated how I looked with the number four, yeah. how much I loved how I looked, you know, completely with everything off, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's going to, the, the look's going to evolve as I go because, you know, there's there's going to be, I haven't fully decided what I want to do facial hair wise and, yes. and stuff like that, you know, so, you know, I've, I've the rest of my life to figure this out the beard's looking um, fantastic thank you like, it has it, it, i've been I was over in seattle there so i wore a mask the entire time it's a very oh, little kink. yeah kink. So it, it was it was kind of it's going ski with sideshow bob for a while mm. and uh it, it's kind of just about normal um but the uh one of the weirdest parts is of the mask wearing you know i, I kept shaving my beard because we wear masks so much yeah um at one point i, I had like almost just stubble <laughs> um <laughs> And it was so bizarre because I, I, I had this massive, like, uh, ridiculous beard for a while. You know what I mean? You you remember when? How, how, I remember it at its at its peak. It at was its peak, a, she, a she was hefty. Piece. She was she was a big one. And uh, but uh, living in Florida, I couldn't maintain that. Um, it was just too humid. Oh God, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so I had to, I had to keep it a little shorter. But um, eventually, like you know, with masks and stuff, I had to cut it because it was just poking out the entire time. Um. But then, you know, I was in Seattle this weekend. Um, it was it was kind of like a mini honeymoon for, for myself and the wife, like two years later, three years later. Oh, God, yes, um, of course. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we, uh, we had to wear masks everywhere, um, which is great. You know, it's, it's a good thing for the city where Florida is like masks, uh-huh. masks. And um, the... Uh, I think it seems to be like Disney World is the only place that seems to really be enforcing anything, to be honest. Uh, nope. if, if they do, you know. Um and uh, don't get me wrong, like we wear them pretty much everywhere we go here because you know it, it's become the habit now. Anyway, yeah. And um, but like it just you know wearing it on the, the the six hour flights and stuff like that it just made my 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 beard go to a really funny funny level. And um, but yeah, no, I'm really excited about the about the image going forward because like I kind of want to tie in a bunch of elements that that I went with before. Like mm. you know, I'd spent the funniest part right about the, the image I created when I was in NXT the first time was um, I'd spent thousands of dollars on these kilts that I got imported from Finland only to uh, go to SmackDown for them to go, we don't like and they got rid of them. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I've got a bunch that I never actually wore and I'm like, I'm still debating, should I bring them back or should I completely, you know, I like the kilts, man. I thought it was, a, I, I, if we'll talk from a, a, a marking out point of view, what have you, uh, I, I love the kilts look. I love the original demo sanity look. In all fairness, I, I was a I was a big fan of it. Um, uh, I will I will say when you went and went back, to, I'd seen you in the single. I'd seen every version. I still remember the first time demo and trunks came out and going bold. <laughs> well, let's go. <laughs> bold. <laughs> but there it is. But it, it, it kind of defined you, made you stand out from everyone. Uh, and, and hey, I'm not going to wax lyrical. What, what people do within the upper restaurants and the decisions they make is their business, not for really me to comment on. But I, I always liked that look, man. I always liked that look. And well, I, I the, thought, the singlet wasn't even their idea. The singlet was like, they were just like, can you try something else? And I just remember, fuck, right. man, I need to get something ASAP. And like, mm-hmm. I, I managed to, um, it was a girl in Glasgow made, uh, made made the singlet for me. And like, it was, it was fine. It was just a bit, it just didn't suit me, you know, yeah. the best way. If I had been able to be there and get it properly measured, it would have been perfect. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, Riding up I, in all I the just, wrong places. Ah, well, it was, it was fine. It's just, it wasn't like, um, I wasn't comfortable in a singlet anymore because I'd yeah. been wearing trunks for years. Um, and I, I couldn't get trunks made fast enough. That would have been like the, the right way I would have wanted. You know what I mean? I only had plain yeah. black ones that I wore underneath the, um, the kilt. So I wish I had just wore the, the, the plain trunks or whatever, and then just, you know, come what may, but 
it, you know, it didn't work out that way. And it didn't matter anyway, because, you know, they, it didn't matter what we wore <laughs> at that point. So uh, they, they made their decision. So, um, and uh, um, the best part is, uh, like, uh, one of the funniest part is, like, I had such a positive relationship with, with everybody um, in, in the, uh, the booking team and the, yeah. the creative process. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, but, like, honestly, like, I moved, I moved into trunks by the end of the Saturday run on main roster. Yeah. Um, and I only got to wear them like once or twice or something like that. And then boom, you know, we moved on. When I went back to NXT, it was a case where we tried to look different. Like as yeah. in, um, you know, the guy in the bar, that's kind of what we were aiming for was, you know, guy in the bar who you don't mess with. So that's what the jeans were about, the t-shirts and stuff like that. And I was only originally wearing that as like a, a, you know, the attack Matt Riddle. I was just going to wear, you know, something that I, close to what I, you know, um, a normal person would wear like in a bar, whatever else, you know, I, I can't wear jeans in Florida. So, you know, they were, they weren't, you know, um, they, they hadn't been worn in probably years. So, uh, um, so like, uh, you know, did you did actually that. wrestle in jeans? It, it sounds like such a weird question. Did you actually yeah. wrestle in jeans? Oh God, that's going to yeah. suck. And, and then I, I ended up buying these, these jeans that were made for bodybuilders, which blows my mind that bodybuilders like to wear jeans in, in the gym. And I bought these stretchy jeans and that's what I wore then. And I wrestled in for, you know, the, the rest of my time in NXT, but it's funny, like we were only meant to do that for a couple of weeks, but it kind of, it kind of took off and, and everybody liked how it looked because nobody was looking like that on the show at the time. Yeah. And then it was funny. Then, you know, fast forward a year later, people are starting to look like that and address like that. It, it just seemed to, like, I'm not a trendsetter in any way. I just think yeah. I get lucky at the right time. <laughs> um, and I looked different for a short time. And then, uh, you know, like whatever happens. So, you know, people started kind of looking like that. And it's like, ah. But the, the, the beauty is with my image going forward is I now get to choose exactly how I want to be presented, how I yeah. want to look. And I'm going to use elements from everything. So, like, as I said to you, you know, I don't think I'll ever wrestle in the kilts again, but I might use them for entrances and things like that. Very cool. So like like the yeah. leather jackets and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if I ever want to to worry too much about entrance costumes, but I know that, like, I know what 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 it can look like for people. It's yeah. the production part of it. So you know, it's that's part of the theater. That, it's part of the theater exactly. of pro wrestling. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going to think about that. Um, and I might not. Uh, I might not rush that. That's something I might let evolve as I go. But um, yeah, the uh, but definitely like I've I've had a, a huge thought about what I want to wear in ring and stuff like that. And like, and, and and it's been crazy because like the one of the weirdest parts about my entire time in WWE is like, you know, I, I multiple different looks. Um, and like when I, when I look back over those five years, whereas when I was in the Indies, like the, the years before that, I literally just wore trunks and boots, trunks and boots. I eventually wore knee pads because, you know, my knees started getting sore. Well, so then. I, the, and can the, I say the on behalf of everyone that had to watch you wrestle week after week? Thank goodness, because <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone else is a pro wrestling fan out there. <laughs> Wrestlers without knee pads is not pleasant to watch. I don't know what that is. Honestly, I so I know that like um, some people swear by it because they don't like being, you know, the constrictive um, okay, okay. around the knees. I, I understand that, right? Um, me personally, I, I just really like being able to rock up to a venue and just wear trunks and boots. I was like, God, it's really <laughs> easy. Um, it made my legs look bigger, you know. Um, the uh, But then, you know, you start getting knee problems and you're not able to lift as heavy and then your legs aren't as big. So, you know, knee pads are probably a pretty good idea. So, uh, <laughs> so I will be wearing knee pads, but I'd be very happy to know that. Uh, good to know, good to know. My, good to know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's funny because all these little things and like, you know, the boots I started wearing when I was um, the, the new Killian was with these military attack boots, right? Instead of, instead of basic wrestling boots. And I'm actually thinking I'm going to keep them because I actually really liked how they felt. Um, so that's one of those little things that I, I will carry on, for example, you know what I mean? And, um, and like, that's the weirdest part of it. This whole process is like my opinions five years ago have changed so much to my opinions. Now, you know, they changed yeah. from a year ago, from two years ago, three years ago. Uh, and that's the coolest part about this, this process. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting in there and restarting this whole thing again, because I know that in a year's time, I'll completely change how I want to present myself again. Yeah. So, um, and, you got to be that, creative again. You got to be creative again in a very, very different way. No, diff yes. I mean, I'm sure you would have been very creative within WWE and what have you. I know it can be a collaborative process sometimes yeah. and then sometimes it's not, but you're in control. Look, there, of what there, you're there's doing a, there's a creative team and, and, and there's yeah. people above them and, and whatever else. And like, listen, like some people are 
tell you that it's the most restrictive thing in the world. You know, for me, it wasn't overly restrictive. It was, I just had to think around things and, and, and you know, try, because as I said to you before, you're a character in somebody else's play, you know, yeah. you're, um, and, and that's the difference. And you're not demo anymore. You're, 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 you're killing. And, and for me, like, you know, it took, it took a while to get my head around that. And once, uh, I think it took about six months really. And once I got to that six month part, then I could start finding where I wanted to go. And like, if you look at my, my NXT run that first six months, like nobody really remembers any of the matches that I had because I was really trying to find my, you know, what I wanted from this and find my level. It was from about the, the five, six month mark on, and um, we kind of found who we wanted to present ourselves as sanity and, and, and how I wanted to present myself as Killian. And, and it's so funny that like the, from there on, like my match quality was better and the stuff I did was better. And you know, there's a lot of reasons for that, not just, you know, my own comfort levels, whatever else, but it's just funny that it, it all coincided, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the, the, the coolest part of it, that this, this next step for me is I've got so many ideas and it's like, okay, which ones will I use? Uh, which ones will change and evolve and everything else? And, and I, I'm really pumped. Like, and like this next, I, I, I guarantee I'm going to probably wear what I'm going to wear this, this, my, my first couple of runs probably won't be what I wear next year because I'll be like, no, I hate that. Um, <laughs> um, because it's me who decides. And that is very cool. Like that is one of the weirdest parts of this. This next step is it's all on my shoulders. Um, and whether I sink or swim is my fault. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's one of the, the, the coolest things about this next step. Um, yeah. Because while, all like like was like it's my fault when it's a WWE. There's still a lot of extenuating circumstances as to why something does or doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's it's entirely down to me and how I'm going to market myself and how I'm going to you know make myself um, look going forward. You know, you know, in ring, out of the ring, everything else, uh, and that's one of the things I'm excited about. You know, as I'm bringing all my experiences with me is, is helping everybody else um one thing i will say so i've I've been watching a lot of shows with with a friend of mine um, who i respect very much in this industry and when we're watching you know especially like on the just outside dudley right for example even on aw and whatever else you'll see somebody's doing a backstage segment and they're wearing like jogging bottoms and 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 like t-shirt as if they could be in bed and it's like so you that's how you've chosen to present yourself because you, you don't think it's important, mm. but it is important. And, and me personally, when I was in the Indies, yeah, I'd have worn my basketball shorts and a vest. Right. Yeah. But was that how big demo should have been presented? No, it isn't. And like, it was William Regal said to me, so I was my early run as Killian. I'm wearing jeans. Um, and sometimes it would be the vest, the hoodie or whatever else, you know, that's the sanity was meant to be like, you know, the torn up jeans, whatever, but my, my trainers, we're just plain black trainers. And he was like, do you think Killian would wear plain black trainers? Or would he wear shit kicker boots? And I was like, shit. Yes. He'd be wearing fucking motorcycle boots or something. So like, and it's like, but until somebody fucking tells you. Yeah. Yeah. You'll just when you're so close to so, something, sometimes you can't see it. A hundred percent. So that changes my mind. I'm like, fuck. So I then experiment with multiple different boots. Like, cause then you have to find the right ones you can work in or, or you can do run-ins in and stuff like that, right? But that's what I want to try and help people going forward because, like, you know, Killian would wear... I remember I did something for Walk Culture and I came out for a run-in with a pair of basketball shorts and, like, a demo T-shirt, whatever. I remember looking back going, that was terrible. Like, that was demo, the person, not demo the character, right? right. And that's what I'm going to try to get in people's heads um, when I come back. Because what we don't understand is our presentation is so important when it, whether it's like that's that interview in the middle of the ring, whether it's a promo backstage, whether it's a promo in your house, right? You're still trying to entertain people who are paying money to come and see you. And you need to be able to differentiate yourself from them in every way possible. Yes, people will, will try and um, gravitate towards you because of, of the, you know, who you are or, or how they like your rests and how they like your style. But if you're rolling in in your jammies, right, then you're not separating yourself from anybody. Um, yeah. And I was, I was a massive um, victim of that myself. Not a victim. I was a massive uh, um, co-conspirator. I think it's a better word, not victim. Um, I was definitely at that. And that's something that, you know, 
I want to try and help people. It's a little tiny thing that will make yeah, a massive it, difference. You know it what I mean? It is important because, like, going from, a, of all people, uh, Jimmy Hart, <laughs> right? I once heard Jimmy Hart on a shoot yep. who literally said the phrase, dress like a punter, you might as well be a punter. 100%. Uh, I'm probably paraphrasing, but I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's true. If you are yeah. going to be in the joggy bottoms backstage, it's like, why are you in the joggy bottoms? Is it just because you can't be arsed? Is that your kind of character? Even Orange Cassidy, big hit in AEW right now. He's crazy. All the, that, that's all the character right there. He's like, he's not turning, he's turning up at the building and changing straight away. Do you know Absolutely. what I mean? It really is, it's changing something. And we're excited to see what comes from uh, the evolution of, uh, of Dable. I think going forward, because like you say, there's all these different skills, different plays. We were talking earlier before we actually came on uh, about the evolution of people in real life. And we're getting to see a little bit about that because, well, even John McClane in the Die Hard movies evolved. John Wick evolves. Neo evolves. <laughs> Why wouldn't Big Demo? And I'm putting you in that. That's the Mount Rushmore of wow. action icons. Wow. <laughs> I mean, there were two Keanu Reeves characters. Jesus. That's, yeah, I'm at one that's time, tough. Mate. That is tough, I, mate. I could have put Ted Theodore Logan in there, but I decided not to. Listen, have you, wow. Have you heard the theory that John Wick and the Matrix is actually the same universe? Yes. And wouldn't that be mind-blowing? Wouldn't that just be, <laughs> I mean, I'll level with you. I, I, do, I do love this brilliant story I heard because apparently they filmed, the, they shot the movies like that, like John Wick 4, and uh, like he went from Matrix to John Wick. Is this, like is, this. Is, is, is this Pan's Labyrinth? This is Pan's Labyrinth. This is Pan's Labyrinth. This is a new character. So they filmed it. How do you even do How are you doing that? This is from, well, I do DDP yoga, if anyone's interested. (laughs) (laughs) I do DDP yoga. Uh, Because apparently apparently there's a couple of bits in my body that are way bendier than I realized. Um, But uh, um, apparently they literally went, "Uh, is there any chance we can change his look? And uh, and they went, no, he's doing John Wick after this, but it doesn't look like Neo. And basically Warner Brothers went, it's long hair Tough. and a beard. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> right. So uh John Wick's like a huge franchise for us now. Um, but you know something, let's uh, let's let's talk about some of the things certainly coming out of WWE. I know I know we're gonna get back to uh, re- wrestling. Uh of course we are. Um we've had the opportunity to sit down and talk about your origins in wrestling and going from the school and getting all across the pond. But I would love to catch up with you about some of your your passions, certainly. Although I've got one last question about sanity, if I may. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things was watching Sanity and NXT when Nikki came on board. And <laughs> I love the sub the 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 sub storyline that uh Demo was Nikki's best friend in some way because I couldn't help but notice every now and then she would randomly just give you'd be there hulking away, she'd be <laughs> mad as a box of hammers, and then out of nowhere would randomly give Demo the biggest hug, like the biggest bear hug. You'd ever seen give Killian, and I remember watching it a couple of times going, Is she trying to break him? Is she <laughs> trying to break him? Um, working with your spouse is, uh, is one. Oh, God, working with your, your wife? Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, that's just nice to say. But uh, um, who was that? Like, did she ever manage to break you? Did she ever manage to break you? Uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I've only been broken once in Dudley wow. Blay the entire time. And that was by Drake Maverick right at the end. Um, they did a, they did a video with us about football, right? About Euro uh, 20, 2020, which was in 2021. Yeah. But, and um, it's funny cause they, they, they had to, to bend the video because um, they fired me, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, uh, he managed to break me because he started rhyming off these random footballers from my, my childhood in the nineties. And that was, that was the first time I was broken. Right. Um, so in ring, um, with, with Nikki was hilarious. So we used to hate working together because we have different opinions on wrestling. So we, yeah. we hated it. We, we tried not to. We worked together once, I think. Um, we Originally, we worked together a lot when, when she was getting into the business um 2008 or something. Yeah. And we didn't work together for about seven years or whatever, right? I don't think we, we did ever a cross paths. And... No, not an ICW or anything No, like that, I but, ever um, remember. No, no I, but I once remember. on a... On a on a on a on a tiny show in Ayrshire, we did like a mixed tag, me and Nikki Storm as she was at the time against Grado and Viper, and uh, yes. which is honestly fun match. Whatever else, the the one time we did work together, it was really funny. 
Um, and like, you know, that was the only time we, we worked together in years before that, right? But then we get put into the group. I, I replaced Sawyer Fulton in Sanity. Um, he had a terrible injury. Um, he tore his pectoral muscle mm. right off the bone, I believe. Yeah. I um, so. And uh, he was out for a long time. So Sanity had just started and they were like, ah, Debo. Um, so, you know, the, it was a blessing and a curse because I really liked Sawyer. I really hated, you know, replacing him. Um, but, you know, it was my chance to live out my dreams in, in Tbilisi. So it's one of those double-edged swords where you feel like yeah. a dick, but you're also like, yes. And so he's um, doing all right now. He's, uh, he's doing, he's doing great. An impact just now. He, he's, he, listen, like, he adores wrestling and he got recruited as, a, as an amateur wrestler. He was actually a really successful amateur wrestler. Wow, really? Um, and he got recruited by, by Briscoe, uh, Gerald Briscoe. Um, and at one of, <laughs> he got recruited because he had dyed his beard blonde, like Hogan. <laughs> Started doing all the Hogan stuff after winning a fight. <laughs> you know, I, and I respected it. Like, listen, it was so funny. Like, I found out later that he actually wrestled, um, you know, Tucker Knight was one of the other guys. who. That's was right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Amateur they actually fought each other and stuff in college, which I think is really cool. Like, you know, when, when you find it, like there's like 500 colleges. So the fact that two of them fought each other is actually really, really impressive. It's crazy. Um, and uh, anyway, you know, so I, I replaced, I replaced Jake. He's a lovely fella and, and he's doing really well now, which is great. Um, and like, you know, I'm working with Nikki and, and it's so funny. Like I, I originally, I, you know, I remember um, not arguing, but like having conversations with, um, the uh, the staff, you know, like how's demo meant to be in this? And they're like, oh, you need to be crazy and whatever else. Um, and I, I just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think that was the right thing to do. And mm. I eventually, you know, I, I actually uh, took Hunter aside and said, how do you want demo to be? And he says, well, I don't want you to be crazy. I want you to be stoic because right. all the rest of them are going to be crazy, and you need to be the, the big, the big hulking guy. Um, and I find that a lot easier than, than going and kicking turnbuckles and stuff like that because that didn't feel natural. I didn't want to be a like for like replacement to Sawyer. Yeah. Um, because you know I thought he did a great job. I thought he looked great in the role. Um, and I didn't want to be a like for like because I wasn't. You know, I'm I'm not him at all. Um, the uh, you know he was he was something entirely different. So, um being told, okay, you're the stoic one. And, and like the beauty with beauty was then all the producers, everybody backstage got, got sent an email saying, this is how we want Killian presented. And that helped a lot because, you know, you get a lot of different information from different people. Um, at every excuse, show you go excuse to. Excuse me one second. Hello. Hello. I was not ready for you to be dressed like I'm Super Mario. Mario. It's Mario. <laughs> it's ready. Mario. I'm not cut my snack. Well, I will come through and get your snack. Go and get ready for your swimming. Listen, that was him listening to your advice. You get, you get, you get, you get, get bombed by, uh, by Mario. You know what I mean? That, that was him listening to your advice. Dress like a punter. You might as well be a punter. That was an entrance that everyone will remember. That, that, was, incredible. that was incredible. Like, how do we, how do we top that? Billy? Like, this is just, just terrible talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we can, but the one thing you said, Nikki and never mind. I always wonder, cause you didn't break in that night. And I always remember going like, oh, that must be difficult. You didn't know that was coming. Because One I of the am... best ones, what, when she did that, she did actually like do something like that. It was one of the first ones. And I, I, and there's a gif of this, which is even better. Um, she tries to do something to me and I go for her, right? Um, as if, you know, I'm going to go for her, like smash her, right? And Eric or Axel grabbed me at the same time. And if we'd have planned it, right, it would have been meticulously done perfectly, right? None of it's plans. Her coming to grab me, she bites my foot or something stupid, right? right? She does all this, right? None of this is planned. And me then reacting to her, like as if I'm going to pick her up or whatever. Uh, and then one of the boys hold me back all at the same. It was just, and I saw a gif of it recently. I was like, wow. Like if we had planned that, we'd have completely messed that up and it would have looked terrible, right? <laughs> but it was this tiny moment that, that nobody, that, that goes over everybody's heads but me. But it, I just remember thinking, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> Because it told the story of all the characters at the same time. Because she's her and Axel committed so much to the role, it brought yeah. all that energy and all that excitement to the role that EY could just be this, you know, like the, this babbling psychopath. And I got to be the, the stoic guy behind him. And like, I, I the, the dynamic, like, it was it was incredibly natural because yes. they put so much effort in. Like, like Axel and and Nikki, they lost themselves in the character, and it, it allowed for the the rest of us to to be imposing, I guess, you know yes. what I mean? And, and try and sell that part of it. And, and it was to be the legitimacy, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Um, but like, honestly, it, it was such a fun experience. And Nikki, like, there was different, some of the stuff she would do. We would laugh about after. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd be like, oh, you, you crazy. Um, 
and like she because she got so lost in the role like it was so interesting to watch because she had been this larger than life character on, on the indies before like nikki storm was an asshole right and uh, now she had to go cheesecake of sports the white <laughs> i was gutted oh. gutted that it never made i think she got to see it on like a backstage thing at NXT <laughs> or like YouTube once, and I never saw it again. Heartbroken. Honestly, Maybe an like, access thing or something. But gutted. one of the funniest things is you know you hire somebody who can do this one thing, but you you want them to do something completely different because we have a role that needs this done. Yeah. And she was able to, to do that role, and she was able to do the, the Saturday Nikki, and now she's able to do the superhero. And it's for me like you know it's a testament to how talented she is, and like. What, what people don't understand about about Dodgeably is, is I keep saying it we're characters in their play and they write characters not necessarily for us uh-huh. they write a character who they want to, to, to put on television and Nick Nikki's had a variety of different ones already and not one has came close to Nikki Storm the character that she was incredibly good at oh, before this <laughs> I, I I think it's it's a testament and I can tell how proud you are of her as oh, well being that absolutely having that adaptability coming in and like you say it's like where's the box we're going to give you this box you need to operate with inside it but you can we want you to be creative and and that's a great lesson to anyone in any industry probably uh that you know try and bring the the most you can to it uh I'm uh, not to put gonna it over what to, to put over one final time right go on then and this is for all other wrestlers in the industry who think when they've got onto shows, okay, that's me. I'm ready to go. Nikki still goes to training at least once or twice a week. So that's she's in ring training once or twice a week. So I need you to think if you're, if you're on the independence, if you're really struggling to find that next level, this is a girl who was just notably women's champion a couple of months ago, and she's still going to training, whether, whether it's with me or with other people um, every week. And like, if you can think like that, that's somebody who's still wanting to improve and still try and tweak and twist and change things because she knows that it's not perfect. Um, and it might never be perfect, but if you strive for perfection, you know, what's the worst you can get? You know what I mean? If you, if you literally think you're done, you think you're ready, you think you're finished, then I'm sorry. That's why you're not getting to the next level. Well, there is, there is haunting words for many, but you know, listen, take them on board. I think it's a pretty safe to say, uh, right. We, we have to talk about a couple of things. Certainly your other uh, passion project. We're excited to hear that you're going to be coming back to the European circuit and what have you. That's going to be great. But the international circuit, we've got to talk a little bit about that. Demo, we got to share a car for uh, a good couple of tours with ICW. So I know you've always wanted to make it to Japan. I know the world's not maybe quite open yet, but we're getting there. Um, what is the? Uh, do you have any aspirations to work with any of the other big companies, particularly in Japan? I know it's always been somewhere that you've 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 relished the opportunity if yeah. it would come about. Uh, is that still something we'd like to have? That is something I I, I regret. The only regret I have in my career is that I was meant to go to New Japan right before I signed for WWE, um, or it was it was at least being talked about a lot. Yes, um, and I, I, I regret not going. Um, that's my only regret. I, I I hate being people who say, "Oh, change this, change that," and we all have it, you know. And um, generally, I, I try not to have any. But that is the one thing I wish I'd have done um, is that I was able to maybe come in a touch later and, and do that. But listen, it, everything worked out the way it worked out. And I, the time of my life, um, I don't know how my life would have changed had I have done it. So um, I, I don't want it to change, but going forward, that's absolutely an aspiration of mine that yeah. I, I do want to get out there and like, listen, we just had the G1 climax. I'd, I'd, if it was something like that, that would be incredible. Um, if it, even if it was just a one-off, even if it was just, um, one one opportunity, then you know I want to have it, and that, that is something that um, I, I am looking forward to going uh, at, at some point. Um, when the world fully opens up again, let's hope that that's that, that's an opportunity for me. Um, have I spoke to people? Yes, I've spoke to people, um, and we hope that, that that something like that can happen. But on the other side of things, as you're talking about everywhere else in the world, there's this incredible open door. Um, the, the forbidden door is open all across uh, the United States right now, which is incredible. Incredible. Um, and the opportunity to work some of my heroes, uh, some of the guys who I love in the industry, people who I respect in the industry is is ready and and, and it's going to happen at some point. So I'm very excited. Um, I, I don't think in the next couple of months I will be, um, I'm going to do my very best to get all across the world over the next year. Yeah. Um, 
and then you know maybe after them we'll really see what what's next going forward long term um but f- for this next year especially you know i'm going to be in europe an awful lot and that is that is my number one goal out of this was as i said earlier about fall in love with this thing again um and and give back where i can um and that's i'm 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 going to mean what I say, um, and I'm going to do my very best to get all across the world. That that is my that is my my number one going forward. Um, as much as traveling pains me as a large man, um, I will be tra- I want to be traveling an awful lot. Um, and listen, I've I've spoke to an awful lot of people in all manners of, of sizes and shapes of companies, um, and I'm very excited for the future all across the board. Um, but step one. Um, was get home. I hadn't been home in two years, um, yeah. so I need to see my family. I need to see my friends, my, my godchildren. You know, oh my um, goodness! I need to, I need to do all that first, um, and you know, then the next step is to prove myself all over again. Um, and listen, I, I'm very excited about it. So, um, but it, when you when you talk about like who there are to, to wrestle in the world, there's so many people who I want to oh. wrestle. Um, I I've been blessed in my career so far that I've wrestled. When I was on SmackDown or whether I was in NXT, even when I was at WrestleMania and stuff like that, you know, I, I shared the ring with a hell of a, a lot of incredible people. And you know, I got to wrestle Daniel Bryan, for example, is somebody yeah. who I, I've adored since like 2000, um, or maybe 2001, 2002, when I first saw him in ROH. So it's yeah. like, you know, and funny, I actually rewatched a lot of early ROH with a friend of mine. Um, the, the, you know, the one of the best parts about these months that I've had out is I've, I've had a lot of time to re rewatch and enjoy wrestling again. Um, and I was literally rewatching like kind of the, the best of Nigel McGuinness and, and Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson. Oh, it's an incredible series. Absolutely like, incredible. Two of my favorite wrestlers of all time anyway. And I got to spend a lot of time with Nigel um, and I got to wrestle Daniel and it, it was, it was very cool. And like, I'd love to wrestle properly singles match, blah, blah, blah. That would be outrageous. You know, that would be, next level for me because he's always been somebody and then backstage by the way like daniel is is incredible so yeah as a as a guy um as a as a lot as a guy in the locker room he you know he leads from the front you know what he does in the ring he doesn't like demand everybody come and listen to him um but if you ask him a question he would be the, the first to answer um and i i used to love uh sharing a locker room with him he was so much fun um and so knowledgeable as well so um and he you know been through every system you can think of um, yeah his experience is just outrageous so for aw having the likes of him available to them my god those boys are only going to get better those girls are only going to, only going to get better like having him in it, punk it, and, and everybody else an, so it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan whether you're in the industry or outside the industry isn't it absolutely um, absolutely we have to touch on uh, just, just a couple of things very quickly um certainly getting home that's going to be an, an emotional time for you as being one of our guys in exile it's going to be nice to get home and uh, catch up with the family First of all, uh, is it really be? I mean, obviously, we're living in this world right now. You and I are talking, and we're on other sides of the the, the planet almost. Um, how is it being communicated? Are you excited? You got to be excited to get home and see the fam- oh. see the family. Honestly, like, so I I moved out, I moved away from Ireland at eighteen years old, right? Right. Um, and I don't think I went longer than three or four months without getting home again to see them. Yeah. Um, because, like, you know, they, they you know. <sighs> My, my family have been so incredibly supportive throughout my mm. entire journey. Um, like at first they were like, are you sure that's a good idea? And now <laughs> they, to, to the point where like a few years later, they were like, this is amazing. Keep going. You've got yes. this, you know? And it's like, um, you know, so I've had every, every level of support possible from they're, they're incredible people. And I, I've got such massive respect for them as people, um, let alone my, my family members. So um, like my, my sister, like the stuff she has done, I'm not, I'm not going to put her over too much, but like, you know, she got her PhD last year, uh, or sorry, a couple of years ago, and you know she's very important to LGBTQ rights in in Northern Ireland and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like, I, I'm really proud of her, like as a person, um, uh, and then you know as a family member as well, like and, and with her own journey and stuff like that as a, as a human being, uh, and my family, like my, you know the stuff my family went through, like pales in comparison to what anybody you could could fake right for me. You know what mm. I mean? So. Um, you know, so it's a, I'm just so excited to, to, to see them again because it's been two years since I saw them in, in person, you know. That's crazy. Um, and, it, and even with COVID, you know, they're still going to be they're, they're, my parents are going to be nervous, uh, you know, about yeah, totally. I'm going to be wrestling around the country and stuff like that. So, I'm you know, I'm going to have to be um, 
incredibly smart about what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to have to be testing and stuff like that to make sure that, you know, yeah. that they're as safe as possible because, you know, they're, um, you know, they're on that, that age that, you know, is, is slightly out of precaution. So, um, so, you know, I'll be taking a lot of extra measures to make sure that they're safe as well, you know, and these are the things that like, you know, two years ago, I didn't have to worry about, you know, I didn't have yeah. to think about, you know, like if I came back with a cold, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world, but you know, I come back with, I, I, you know, I'm just at the tail end of a cold right now. I don't have COVID thankfully. Um, but you know, I'm just at the tail end of a cold right now. So, you know, I, I have to make sure that that's gone before I even see them again. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, the things that you have to think about, but yes, over the moon to see them again, um, talk to them, you know, and, and, and spend time with them because, you know, this has been the weirdest time of my life to go two years. I, I, I could barely go three or four months without seeing them, you know? That's so, crazy. um, I, and like, no matter where I lived, you know, if I, if I, if I lived, you know, you know, two countries away or whatever else, you know, I always made sure, you know, to get home when I lived here, when I lived in, in America, I'd be home. I, I, even then every four months or something, you know what I mean? So like, it, it, you, you have to, to make that kind of time. Um, or I would, I would try and get them here, you know, and, and that's that's the thing. I couldn't even bring them here, you know, because it was too too dangerous. So that the next step, you know, is get home, get home as much as possible and, and help where I can and, um, you know, try and help them for, you know, getting through COVID as well, because, you know, it's still a big deal back home, you know. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, to try and make sure that they're as safe as possible. So, yeah, and honestly, like, um, and then even to hang out with my sister again, it's going to be really good. Hang out with my best friend, hang out with his kids, you know, like, oh, there's, there's just so many people I have to see as well, like, you know. <laughs> um and well, even, even people who i met through the industry who i'm very excited to see again you know like it's like there's just so many people who like i won't i won't get to see everybody the first time but I'll, the thing is i'm going to be back every four to six weeks yeah yeah well there's um, going to be plenty you know, of chance there's going to be plenty of chance. absolutely you but know, make sure I'm, to give like, mom and dad demo my love as always so people don't know this but my mom is is the biggest billy kirkwood fan right <laughs> she saw you live uh in glasgow i think it was we were and she adored your act so much so she keeps up to date with everything you do so, oh, did she? <laughs> <laughs> so well, you, do- you know you, you're you're very good at what you do anyway right yes but the fact that they, that they love my parents loved you so much but my mom especially um follows uh, everything you do so <laughs> I, I could do it i could do with a hundred like her i could do with a hundred like her let's let's put it that way uh Table, there's so much. We're going to get a chance to catch up in a couple of weeks anyway, but I, I don't want to take too much more of, of your time up. But I, I just wanted to do this just quickly. You're coming back on the scene. You're being reborn, if we like, in a lot of ways, re-emerging. What would be your message for your fans and this brand new demo that we're going to see? What would be, in a, in a nutshell, your message to them? My message to everybody is thanks so much for everybody who supported me throughout this entire process um whether it was on on the independence before whether it was even you know the, the bigger ones like icw and rev pro and even when i went to walk culture I, I i picked up a lot of fans there um you know for everybody who stuck with me through that whole process um and the support i've had since june 25th when, when i got released has been outrageous like I was really emotional with the response that everybody gave me and the support everybody gave me. You, you just don't expect it um, at all. Um, like I, Nikki said, like the, the weirdest part was what set me off was the positivity. Um, I, I was just reading, like whether it was texts from from Shawn Michaels or, or whether it was you know from fans texting me. You know, it was like you're you're just blown away by by the. I was inundated by support, which I was surprised at. You know what I mean? So I can't wait to repay that. I can't wait to, to show how much I, I adore this industry and show how much I adore what I do in that ring. I can't wait to prove myself all over again and show that you had every reason to support me in the first place. Because, listen, everything I've, I've done, I've done because I, I thought it was a, you know, the right idea or the right thing at the time. A lot of the time it wasn't. I had to learn from it. I, I've spent my entire career learning. And I think at this point, I'm at the point now where everything I can do is at the best it's going to be so far. Uh, I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm so ready to go. I'm rare. At this point, I'm actually raring to go. It's been four months or something since I wrestled, maybe five months since I wrestled on television. So you can imagine, like, I've been in ring, you know, two or three times a week, every week. So I'm, I'm pretty much raring to go. Um, I've been working out with, with, with people who I respect, and, and I feel like I'm ready to really do this process and um, show you what, what, 
what I'm ready to do, show you what I want to do, tell my story the way I want to tell it. And, and I'm so excited to help this next group behind me. But more importantly, I'm so excited to show you all um, that I'm the guy you need to see. I'm the guy you need to watch wrestle. I'm the guy who you're going to, who needs to do promos for you and get you in that building. I, I'm, I'm pumped to get you guys into buildings. Um, and that's the part that I'm most excited about because there, there is a fire in my belly. There's a chip on my shoulders, a monkey on my back, whatever you want to say, every idiom, every, every terrible cliche. I mean it. I feel it because I'm ready to go. I'm raring to go. Um, and I cannot wait to get started. Brilliant. Well, listen, everyone, give it up uh, for the amazing demo. Big demo is going to be back. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to hand it over to Billy in the future, who is going to jump in here and uh, wrap up this episode. Awesome. I told you it was going to be a great episode. And trust me, we could have kept going. We talked about all manner of things before we even got to round to recording and again thanks to Demo and his good lady Nikki ACH for uh, lending him to us <laughs> for a couple of hours um, it was amazing talking to Demo taking the time out of his schedule we really really appreciate that and make sure to follow everything the big man's doing I know he's still doing some stuff on Twitch but he's obviously very very busy with that wrestling schedule just now if you get a chance go and check him out he is one of the best heavyweights in the world today and by the signs of it he has plans to get even better if that's even possible. Head over, check out everything he's doing. And don't forget, wherever you're listening to the podcast, or whether you're watching it, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It really does make a big difference. We're trying to get the podcast out to as many people. We, uh, we've we been going for what, well over a year, well over a year and a bit. And we've got big plans for 2022. Talking about big plans, actually. Hey, listen, come and see us do Broadcast Live. That is going to be in February next year. You can grab your tickets. It's the first time we're ever going to do it. It's at the Dry Gate in Glasgow. Tickets are available now. It's going to be a little bit of comedy, a little bit of chat. We're going to have uh, Calvin Gowan on, uh, ICW Pro Wrestling Superstar, the hardcore icon of the planet, Jack Jester. He's going to be on it. We're also going to have our pal Bruce from Teapot for One. Uh, it's going to be a good laugh. It's kind of in the place of what would have been the Broadbeard Mustache Championships for this year. What a placeholder. Think of it as a placeholder. Come along, have a beer, have a laugh. We're going to have a good time. And if any of you saw the Tash Tickler launch party they had, think of it kind of like that, but a little more organization. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to get to do some stand-up and stuff to kind of liven up the crowd. And uh, it's going to be great. So get your tickets for that just now. They are selling really fast. They're selling really well. So let's get that place full and have ourselves a good time in February. Right. That's all we got time for in this episode of Broadcast. Don't forget to go and check out everything Big Demo is up to. Uh, but as well, make sure to head over to Broadbeard Oils. We're on the run up to Christmas. You don't want to miss out. That's all we got time for. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Yeah!